episode 327. Incrementalism as a shop owner and then essentialism. The problem with most shop owners is they love being a tech and when they get frustrated with marketing and they don't want to deal with that anymore and they get frustrated with the front counter and they don't want to deal with that anymore, they go out back and they work on a car. That's not your essential job anymore. Let it go. Welcome, aftermarketers, to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hello, and welcome to Automotive Aftermarket Talk Radio. So glad to have you here. It's Carm Capriato asking a tough question. Do you like change? Well, here's a quote from Seth Gooden. Change almost never fails because it's too early. It almost always fails because it's too late. Hmm. Something to ponder. This episode is a special treat. This was actually an impromptu session held at ATE in March 2018. It was so great to be in Seattle at this ASA Northwest event, and I'm thankful to the ACT Group for hosting me at ATE. And thanks to Federal Mogul Motor Parts for their support of Remarkable Results Radio. And when you need to search for parts, get the latest technical updates, or sign up for some Garage Rewards Loyalty Program swag for techs and shops, go to fmmotorparts.com. Hey, I'd love to hear from you. Please let me know what topics you'd like featured, and if you were impacted by any one of the over 388 interviews and town halls in the library. Reach me at carm at remarkableresults.biz. And thanks for listening on your favorite podcast listening app. Now, did you know that I have my own listening app? It's on the App Store or on Google Play. Search for Remarkable Results Radio and download. Within minutes, all the episodes will be at your fingertips. Yes, turn off the news and turn on Aftermarket Talk Radio. Hey, have you found Remarkable Results Radio on social media? Well, you can find all the links at remarkableresults.biz slash social. And the network of connected listeners builds each and every week. I'm honored to have new Facebook friends Tommy Gaynor, Sean Frankie, Scott Bussadam, Chris Monroe, and Cody Olshaski. And my latest LinkedIn connections, Melissa Gretchel, Bill Heckathorn, and Justin Brubaker. Welcome, everyone. Hey, FYI, the talking points and extended bios on my guests is on the show notes page, remarkableresults.biz slash E327. Now, saddle up for some straight-up talk on the subject of change. While at ATE, I pulled Jeremy O'Neill, owner of Freedom Automotive and Advisor Fix, Barry Barrett from RLO Training, and Chris Clodier from Golden Rule Automotive and Autoflow into the ATE studio. I wanted to hear from them on the power of change. President John Kennedy said, Change is the law of life, and those who look only to the past or the present are certain to miss the future. Now, I know you realize that our industry is in constant change, be it from the tech that we see every day that run our customers' vehicles, the the training we need to have to stay current, new technology that integrates into our daily business processes, and the new and smart concepts of marketing. We're in a constant state of change. I wanted to hear from these aftermarket professionals how they look at accepting change. You're going to hear something near to a collegiate oration. We cover two ways that leaders lead, the fear of change, and that we are willing to change as long as there isn't any pain. We get into communications, connecting, that the winners and losers have one thing in common. They both hate doing the same thing every day, and winners do it anyway. Here's another great episode of Aftermarket Talk Radio that is building a movement within the industry. Turn your commute or your exercise routine or even your special personal networking time into powerful learning. Now enjoy this discussion and debate with Jeremy O'Neill, Barry Barrett, and Chris Clodier. Are you Ready to change? Hey, we're at the ATE, the ASA Northwest Automotive Training Expo. I'm on the top floor of the unbelievable Doubletree looking out over the Seattle skyline. And uh, I was down walking the show floor, and I bumped into three of my friends. And I'm not sure if you already had a beer on the show floor, but all I said is, Hey, let's go up to the studio and just lay one down. And here you are. And thanks for bringing the beer again, Jeremy. Yeah, thanks. I'm with Jeremy welcome, O'Neill Carl. from Advisor Fix, Chris Clodier from Autoflow, and Barry Barrett from RLO Training. Oh, my. And if you a follower of the podcast, you know these guys have really contributed in a very big way. I always want to thank you guys for all your help. You know, the world is changing big time. 
heavy. And a lot of people are afraid of change. And, you know, we need to find and build and create change agents if we're going to live with technology and, and the rapid pace of change. Are you guys up to talking about Absolutely. Change? Let's talk about change. Russ said it best when they said, Tom Sawyer, changes aren't permanent. My changes. Down, down. Oh, down with me, right? Yeah, absolutely. You like that last Oh, I love that. Yeah, that, that was great. Wow. I had no idea I was going to get to hear him sing tonight. That was a Bowie thing, wasn't it? That's Rush. Oh, that was Rush. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I thought you were, I'm uh, not very good at, uh, obviously, Bowie or Rush. So. Well, okay. Well, that, that, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Hence why he's a shop owner. Field uh, musician that is now a shop owner and a uh, software uh, developer. Creator architect. of awesomeness. Yes. So, yes. Amazing let's, stuff. Let's talk of, about change. Now, Carl. how let's they got it. three of us into the same room, I will never know. And, you know, uh, Barry and I, we love each other. We have this wonderful relationship where we constantly push each other. So, for me, it's an honor to be here with you, Barry. And, uh, Love spending time with you, man. Jeremy, it's absolutely an honor to be with you. And in the in the concept of change, one of my favorite quotes is Eric Hoffer. And it's, it says, in times of change, the learners will inherit the earth, where the learned will find themselves beautifully equipped for a world that no longer exists. You're in the digital realm, Chris. Yes. And, and I'm out here saying that doing digital inspections is going to be as important as having a lift in your bay. Agreed. And if that's the case, so what's going on with the adoption rate? And is it I'm afraid to change, uh, that, and I'm too comfortable in my skin? I say as leaders, right, there's, there's two ways that leaders lead. One, one is through pain, and one is through vision, right? So are we into the pain stage yet? Are we still in the vision stage? So as a leader, are you trying to sell vision, which is, hey, we need to do a digital inspection because they're cool, and that's what I think the next thing is, or... Are we in the pain stage because everybody else is doing digital inspections and now it's a requirement, right? You can't have a shop and not have a scanner in your base. You have to have some sort of tool to read the codes, right? If not, you're probably not doing a whole lot of work. But how long did it take for everybody to start buying scanners in the toolboxes to change, right? So I think right now the pain of change isn't there yet, right? Once everybody's doing digital inspections, you're going to have to do digital inspections. People are finally saying, well, you know, um, eight out of 10 have them. I think I better get on board. But right now it's more like two out of 10. It's one out of 10. It's one out of 10. One out of 10, two out of 10. It's very low rate, very low rate. And I think fear has a lot to do with that too, right? The fear of the unknown. What does it mean to me? What does it mean to my guys? What does it mean to my crew, right? I don't know the customer facing piece, but then I'm scared if I go into this change, I might lead that ship into the shores, and then everybody's going to try and jump ship, right? I don't, I don't really know what that change means yet. But as other people adopt it, as you're you know, crossing the chasm, have you ever read that book? Your early adopters, your early, you know, your fringe, right? They're going to go out, they're going to do it, they're going to chart the waters, and then everybody else is going to start adopting those patterns. What do you guys see it as trainers in, in this change chasm that Chris is talking about? People don't want to change, I think, primarily because when you admit you don't know, right, you're all of a sudden saying, I'm getting ready to go from very competent at what I know to all of a sudden I'm going to be incompetent by definition. So I think that most people resist change because they're afraid of being incompetent again. Because no one needs to uh, Because to be I'm going to the fear of the unknown. I'm going to be very uncomfortable for a while. I'm a very good end user. I sit next to Chris and I'm like, yeah, this guy's forgotten more about technology than I'm going to ever know. And I'm okay with that. But if I was going to try to change and say, I wanted to go into that realm, all of a sudden I go from this very comfortable, like I know sales and I know how to train. And I, I would all of a sudden get burst into this new deal where I wouldn't know anything. And then all of a sudden I feel lost and we do not want to feel lost. It scares us, right? The brain has two functions. It's, it's either you survive or you thrive. Well, all of a sudden I'm going to go, I'm going from thrive mode to survive mode. And my brain is going to resist that. So there's a comfort position, Jeremy, that I think people get into. And that's why I think they're fighting the, the business model changes, the, the, the move to DVI, the, the training that they know is so necessary for the survival of their business. And they're comfortable. And yeah. how do we get them out of their comfort zone? That's 
you know, the questions perplexed businesses forever. And I agree with Barry. I think you got to look deeper into human behavior. And Tony Robbins says the best human beings do. We act out of two things to avoid pain or to gain pleasure. So the other thing to this is, okay, the transition from paper to digital, it can actually suck. I mean, let's face it, getting your shop completely paperless, going digital, it can be a challenge depending on the software, using the hardware, your network capabilities, all this stuff. You're going to have hiccups. There's going to be road bumps. So the first time your system encounters a problem, your technician is going to throw it down and go back to what? Paper, what they know. The other thing I think that, and we're pushing this at our shop, is losing control of the sale. And what I mean by that is I'm trying to get my shop 100% digital. I love customers. I like to talk, but I've talked enough. And what I think we're moving in from a society is we're moving away from a sales society where salespeople sell things to a consumer-driven society that buys things that they want when they want it. And if I can position my shop to be the first shop to deliver a completely digital transaction, completely digital estimating process, where I don't have to employ a service advisor at my counter, that my system will do the work for me, guess what? I save on payroll, I deliver the transaction the customer wants, but most shop owners and most service writers right now are fearful of losing control of the sale. We're here to talk about change. So what changed inside of you to say, this is important and I need to do it? My three kids growing up. I think it's a vision. That's a great answer. Right? He sees the vision. He sees the future, right? You bury your head in the sand, right? And you see the sand or, or you look out in the horizon and you start seeing what's coming. I was at Seattle airport today. I saw the McDonald's kiosk. I wanted to stand in line to use the McDonald's kiosk, although there were three people at the counter, right? Wait a minute. So that I've never, heard, I've never heard that. Tell me about that. I mean, oh, you haven't is seen it? it? No. No, they have these huge screens that you walk up to, push a button, and order what you want. You don't actually have to talk to anybody. Yeah, that's change. That's McDonald's. That's awesome. That's vision. All right, that's well, that, so, so would someone who would be afraid of change not want to walk up and do that? They'd be going, hey, can I get a server to help me? And McDonald's and, and, and is like, that's, that's, yes, that's a code breaker I, I right agree. there. Wait a minute. Think about it here. Is, is I walk up and I do this. I would have never suspected you to go up to the McDonald's kiosk and do this. Whoa, you are... You are adopting change. You are you, you are getting warm with it. You, so should, we should take all our texts to the McDonald's kiosk no, and stand no. in front of it we so they take, can see that change is okay. Well, well, yeah, the text too, but, but, but the leadership of many of our organizations that are afraid to make some big decisions coming up. You may have just broken the code. What are you doing as an individual that you're accepting change, but you won't bring it to your business. You won't bring it into the, in the, up to the scale that you want to do it. Well, and Carm, there's financial ramifications with change. When I send out a completely digital sales transaction and I'm not there to save the sale and the customer declines a brake fluid exchange and the spark plugs and the timing belt and the struts and they only want to do their concern, a skilled service advisor like Barry, he could close 100% of that sale all day long. He knows the, how to deal with objections. He's very skilled at what he does. He can take a customer and walk them through a sale, take them from a complete no, move them into a yes. But I believe consumers don't even want that transaction anymore. Where they're going is they want to control everything from their cell phones, the way that we buy things. Let me ask you and this, And it's though, moving Jeremy. that way. Like, I agree with you. I, I think that's the way things are going. I mean, I go to Chick-fil-A. I don't even take the move that Chris was talking about, like going up to the thing and putting it in. I get out my, this new thing called an iPhone, and, and it has these apps. And I get out that, and I go to the Chick-fil-A app, and I order my food there. You know what's really cool? Like, I order literally the same thing almost every time, and I just hit reorder. They order it. I get there. I'm like, I'm here. I go in. They're like, Mr. Barrett. And I'm like, sweet. See you later. Boom. I'm out. It doesn't happen. To Jeremy's point, though, and the, the problem I'm having here and seeing, and maybe Jeremy can help me because he he's really good at this. How do you deliver the the value, the features, and the benefits so that they understand what they're buying? Because we've got this idea, like I call it the curse of knowledge, but also the opposite is true. The curse of knowledge is when you know so much that it's hard for you to explain. But here's the thing: we know so much about these repairs, so. When a customer gets that's in their hand, and this isn't a cheeseburger, this is a complex piece of equipment that they don't understand it at a level even two. So we need to be able to portray our level 10 knowledge into a two. How do we do that with digital inspections? But, but I think that's where online reviews come in and your reputation online, right? Jeremy's great with his shop, Yelp, right? How many people come through your door and just trust you out of the gate because of his reviews, right? So... Your level of service, your, your, your time to delivery, all the things are still going to be reflected online, right? So I don't have to interact with you. 
I just have to see your reputation and trust what other people are saying. I don't believe I have to talk to you. And I, I, think I, I like Amazon, right? Do, have I talked to anybody at Amazon ever? I've talked to one person on a return, right? But why do I use Amazon? Because everybody says Amazon's great. Everybody says Amazon's quick. Everybody says Amazon gets you good product. So they're going to say the same thing about your shop. Golden Rule is awesome. It's quick. They do a good job. I don't ever have to talk to anybody. I like that. Well, and I think, and Barry, I agree with you. I think losing control of the sales is very fearful. And you've heard this as well. You've listened to hundreds of calls, thousands of calls, and you get a service advisor that doesn't have the technical knowledge to explain the features and benefits right. And they'll talk themselves out of a sale. There are service advisors on this planet still that don't even understand what a feature and a benefit is. You ask them what it is, and they'll tell you what the benefit is when they're describing the feature, and they'll tell you what the benefit is. Right? Absolutely. And I asked somebody what the benefit is, and they told me all about the feature, and I'm like, well, you're missing the benefit. And We literally went around three times, three different service advisors, same class, and they're good service advisors. But I'm like, no, benefit but good point yeah. right and, and so my point is this it's not about what i want as a shop owner it's not about what you know whatever knowledge i have technically i can explain you know the most complex repair to a customer but what i believe is this that and this has cost me clients i have people come up at trade shows and say why do you want to get rid of the service advisor I'm like, dude the name of my company's advisor fix i don't want to get rid of service advisors if i do i'm out of business right that would be stupid but I believe it's deeper. It's what do consumers want? If you follow the trends, if I can be the first to market to deliver this completely transparent, buyer-driven product to my client that does it 24-7, okay? Most shops right now, if they get a lead, which right now, it's Friday night, most people are searching for auto repair right now than they do Monday morning. I guarantee you, 95% of shops out there do not handle the digital lead properly right now. They're going to go to some website that some company has built for them. The lead form is going to say, please put down your two requested times that you'd like, and a member of our staff will get back to you. That is not what consumers want today. I don't want to wait till Monday morning to find out if I can come in Monday morning. I want instant on-demand access to your workflow, into your system, and I want to drive the transaction as a consumer. Are we there yet, Chris? With the technology? Oh, absolutely. The technology is there to book a live, available appointment. Yeah, but are the shops willing to be open, right? What's what's the capacity of the shop? And that goes back to the fear of change because I don't want anyone controlling me and and I want to be in a comfort zone. Dude, give me 100 cars today. I'll figure out how to get them fixed. Bring them to my shop right now. No, no, no. I don't disagree, right? Why why does the shop have to be open 8 to 5, right? Or or 9 to 7 or 9 to 6, right? There's shops open 24 hours. Now, you have to ask me as a shop owner and if I were to go to my guys and ask them, to work 24 hours a day, they'd say, no. But will it get to that? Will it come to, what is it? Everything's on demand, right? Everything is, is service on demand, transportation on demand, Everything. food on demand. So we'll, we're a service industry. We'll get to that point. Will we have to have a guy sitting at home who's contracting, who we say, no, your technician doesn't come in a shop anymore? We'll just He's have remote. you come when, when no, we we're going to come, come and get your car. Don't worry about it. You just, you just keep running your, your comfortable life, and, and we're going to do all the work. Right. But you're still going to have to have work and I de- off I, hours, right? I want to go back and address Barry's comment because it's, it's very insightful. So t- you called it what, level 10 knowledge? Yeah, level two and, and then, But you've got to be able to speak it at level two. for your, Yeah, because for that's where customers buy. We, we think they buy at a five, but they don't even understand that. So they have to understand it at two or lower to buy. Yes. So what I love, like Chris's product, Autoflow, absolutely beautiful. It's a digital product that I can give to my client that does that for me they're in control of it. Anytime you give control of the buying process to a consumer, they are going to buy more than if they feel like they're being sold. The second that the sales radar goes up, clients shut down. That's where you get the smokescreen objections. Hey, Carm, I got to talk to the wife about it. I'll get back to you tomorrow. Jeremy, it's kind of funny. I didn't even know you were married. Yeah, I just got married last night. That's good. I'll get back to you tomorrow. That's good. So let me ask you this. And, and, and look, I love where you guys are going. And just as a person who is interested, because, you know, Chris was talking about that a while ago. And I was like, wow, he just framed this up. Because Chris just sits around and his job is to think up stuff because this is what he does. That's what I do. Yeah. I just and think so up stuff. You just, you just sit around all day? <laughs> you just sit around and think up stuff all day. <laughs> I like it. That's fantastic. I so like that job. What, what I mean I, is, I want that job. I won't he, go lives, there. <laughs> he lives in the digital world and he sits around and his job is to think out ideas about the digital world world and how to overcome issues am i wrong is, is that why you guys have hair and i don't have hair because yes. my brain smokes all the time is that's what happened in here because you're brilliant at what you do and, and i have a lot of respect for you so what you've learned in sales and, and the way that you teach it the way you deliver it service advisors need that 
it's not going away. Yes, I'm one of the front runners that's pushing technology at it. That's why I bought a shop. Okay, my money's online every single day. My wife goes, can I see the P&L? Like, um, maybe next month, you know? But we're there. We're, we're gaining traction. I, I get people all the time, oh, you, you do Yelp? Oh, my gosh, Yelp brings us so much money every single month. But it's interesting to me, like, when you talk about change. Why do we put these walls up and we'll label something and it won't work in my shop, doesn't work in my town? We hear this all the time. I live in a rural area. <laughs> okay. We all think we're, we're special somehow, right? And yeah, I love my, my kids. They're special. I got a tw- tw- 13-year-old boy, a nine-year-old girl. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're special. They're the only ones. That are the-. the truth is like, there's a million kids just like them out there all over the world, right? <laughs> we want to think of ourselves as special. Well, that won't work for me. Well, two reasons. One, we think we're special. Two, deep down, we really know that we're, we're not. And we're so scared that we'll fail at that new endeavor. And so you have those two things playing. And when we understand what the change is, we want to understand everything about it. And I like to use the analogy of, well, you learned how to drive one day, right? So the first time you learned how to drive, Chris, be honest, like you put it in gear, you, you were like, made sure the, the brake pedal was pushed in like all the way. You kind of looked at the thing and. Oh, you, I knocked off a rear view mirror or side view mirror right. the first time I drove. But you no had question. to sit there and think about Absolutely. every move to back your car out of your driveway. Right. Now you're like throwing on the radio, you bust it, you barely look. What, there's kids back there. I got the, you know, whatever. So, but we want to get there without going through the pains. And, you know, a lot of times I'll ask these questions because not because I don't want to get there, because I'm so interested in what they are. And, and I want to go back to the point where I had a while ago and I was going to ask a question. So in, in my mind, there's three pricing models. OK, there's the the low price. There's the where you got Amazon and Walmart like they're competing at that at that level. You're not going to be able to compete with that. The second pricing model is something like Android or Apple, where they have really one of the best products nobody has the best product because it's so subjective but they have a really great product for a good price like a higher price and then the third pricing model is the one i prefer to live at where i have one of the best products it doesn't even maybe apple or, or or android but literally it is the highest and best pricing model because it's based on a relationship you will always get paid more for that model than the other two so my question to you two guys what is what happens to the relationship model and when we do truly as humans want connection and so how do we find connection with the model that we're going toward that's inevitably going to happen i I don't know because because you can talk about connection two different ways I connect with Jeremy almost on a daily basis, right? With text messages. Am I still connecting with him? Right? Absolutely. Am I still communicating with yes. him? Yes. Right? So I'm still communicating, right? You send a letter. Is that before there were phones, we would send letters. Is that still communication? Yes. Right? Long distance communication, right? So it's just a different type of communication, right? You're using a different vessel of communication. So I don't know that you lose the personal touch. I, I think you define personal touches us being face to face. Right. And I agree 120% what you're saying. The, the, the only thing is, is like our relationship with texting and writing letters is usually predicated on us meeting face to face initially. I, I agree with Does that. that but sense? I'm going to go back to what we were talking about with Yelp, right? How many people come through my shop because they read Yelp and Google comments about people they don't even guys. know and they're going to come in and they're going to give me money right there. Yeah. And I'm not fighting you guys. I'm asking asking questions I'm because good questions we I have to question. be able to I agree these. the world's evolving yeah okay. 73% of people that receive a text message consider you in their inner circle mm-hmm. okay. nice so when I text you I get into your inner circle boom Chris is in my relationships closer than almost any other person in my life like I'd say top 10 easily but we communicate at an unneeded as is basis yes. he knows not to call me I know not to call him hey dude what's up oh Rockin', call you later, talk to you later, whatever. See it, Seattle. So I think that's it. But what I think is evolving, and Simon Cowell said this so well. He was interviewed by Dan Rather. And Dan said, Simon, you just had your kid. He's a year old. What's the one thing you want to teach him? Simon goes, hmm, I want to teach him to talk. And I was like walking by the TV, and I'm like, oh, wow. Wait, that was like a profound moment in human history. Why would Simon Cowell say he's going to teach his child to talk? And I'm like, almost every child learns how to talk at some point in their life, right? And so he goes on to say that 
the art of conversing face-to-face is going to become a dying art, and we are already seeing that. It is. So, like, and I agree. I think one thing that we have to do, and, and I'm so, like, on the side of digital communication, you guys are probably thinking I'm a freak, which is totally cool. So if you want to get, like, freaky with digital, call Jeremy. In our coaching, we teach you have to deliver the transaction the way the client wants it. I agree. Okay, there's four I ways agree. to deliver yeah. a transaction. I text it to you. I email it to you. We do an in-person sales presentation or we do it over the phone. Which one do you prefer today? So everything I craft is going to be delivered in the method and the manner of which each client wants, how they want it today. And I'm going to go back to fear, right? I remember my parents when I was listening to rock and roll music and I had long hair, believe it or not. But I remember they said, your rock and roll music and, and your life's not, this is scary. And, and the way you're being raised with all these toys and what's going on is going to change your life, right? What's different? We're looking at the earlier generations and we're saying the same thing that my parents said about my generation. So I agree. Are we talking fear right now? Because we're scared. It, the evolution's going to happen. I totally agree with Jeremy. Why don't we embrace the evolution? Why don't we look? I don't say it's fear. That's one way you can change. The other one is vision. Let's envision the future and let's change because it's going to be a good thing. I'm looking forward to driverless cars. I'm oh, not a good too. driver and nobody in this room is a good driver. Although everybody in this room says they're probably the best driver in here, but I guarantee I've flicked off and I've honked at every one of you people, right? right? That's right. But I want a driverless car. You do know that like, if you get people in a room and you ask the room, a hundred people, like, are you a better? Everybody says driver? they're the best Everybody driver in the room. They are. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And I, I believe that too. And, and what I'm trying to, do, I really like to hash out questions because I think objection overcoming is, a, is an art. We all know that. So I have to ask the tough questions because I believe everything that you guys are are saying about digital inspections because i asked the question today in my class i said let me be honest like by show of hands who in here gets upset like really upset when someone calls them on their cell phone and 75 percent of the class raise their hand including me and i said listen you know how many of you over 40 raise your hand i'll keep mine up when text messages first came out we're like why would i text somebody when i can call them and I kept my hands up because I was one of those guys. And I go, it's really disheartening, like, the amount of 40-year-olds uh, in here that sent a poop emoji yesterday. And you said you weren't even going to text, right? And so the idea, it's coming. I'm just trying to figure out. Everybody communicates, but very, very few people connect. Get through. Yeah. How do you yeah. connect yeah. Yeah. that way? And, 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 I, and it goes back to the relationship model that I think you're talking about. It's about having a relationship. And having a relationship, guys, is not husband and wife sitting at dinner texting each other, you know, about stuff for their day or the kids and the family. There's, there's, it's almost like you could put a lead wall up between them because there's no connectivity going on there. Right. right. But you know who they're connecting with? Whoever, the person on the other line that they want. I know that's sad and it sounds crass, but that was going on. A long time ago because I would walk into a restaurant before cell phones and they weren't connecting with anyone else they were just sitting across from each other and not saying each other I listened to Gary Vaynerchuk a lot and I heard him say that so I'll just give him credit he said technology and I believe this technology doesn't make you a worse person he said is it it exposes you they those people are just exposed now they weren't talking before got it but when they're texting they get like Jeremy's like top 10 people how close do you guys live apart several states apart technology puts it together and i believe wholeheartedly in it and we have to embrace it you bring up that there's less connectivity when you're communicating via phone right because we're not having face to face i don't know that that's true i don't know that when our children grow up and, and they're communicating although we think it's sad they're communicating via this. I don't think it's that's, sad. That's how they feel that they're connecting. It's not the way we connect, but it's the way they connect, right? It's their preferred mes- method of communications. Right. Right. And, and that was a very profound, I'll tell you a really quick story, uh, when I finally bought a new cell phone for my wife that it, it wasn't one of those you know nine pads that she could really text. Then my daughter was, in, I think, in her senior year of college, and uh, we both love they both love the sabers and you know i said to the wife i says type in score and send it to tracy and tracy sent it back and and it really blossomed their connectivity while they were so far apart and and it was a it, it was a great story of 
looking to think how can we I tighten that circle as much as there's technology and maybe that void of personal one-on-one touches but I love the concept of bringing worlds closer together with with technology and I think texting has made a big impact on that I mean friends from all over the world we can check up with them would we normally have called them in the past maybe not but today that really quick text I think has a lot of impact and that's where what you're doing in your company I mean let's let's go back to what you founded and and why it's so powerful and why all these many of all the DVI programs are reaching out in the preferred method right you said that tell me the preferred method you want me to want me to have a relationship with you at we started out talking about change and change agents and and then I, I wrote these down because I really want to kind of get back to it because at the end of this show I want somebody to walk away and say, I heard some great banner. These guys truly, you know, respect each other. It was, a, it was a lively debate. I loved it. But I didn't learn what I should learn to overcome. Uh, I'm afraid of failing. And, and there's, there's things I don't want to pick and adopt and move and do. I maybe, as a person who is afraid of that, never learned how to fail forward and to learn from my mistakes. And I just interviewed a great Canadian contingent in here a little while ago, and as we were walking out to the elevator, we were talking about analysis paralysis, which almost, Chris, could get someone in the way of really making any decision on moving their business forward because they want to be so right and so perfect and so knowledgeable before they flip that switch. And these guys said, we learned a long time ago, Carm, find, get 75% of the information you want and do it. And that 25% will be your learning curve to either make it better or, or learn from that mistake. Don't be afraid of failing and, and bring that, that 25% is your intuition, is your gut. Analysis, paralysis, whack-a-mole, you get too much information, you get information overload. So, so let's talk about the fear of failing or failing forward. I, I want to say, right, instead of looking at a fear of failure, looking at his vision. What's the vision yeah, that you I, have, right? You. I, I, yeah. I, it's just a different spin on it, Got it. Right? Let's do that. Once again, leadership either is, comes from pain or comes from the vision of change. I would say as shop owners, we need to look at the vision of the future, right, and not be afraid and say this is what we know we need to embrace, right, this vision. I'm talking with Anthony Frowine, a technical product specialist with Federal Mogul Motor Parts. Anthony, when you're in a shop, are you talking tech as well as product? Whenever I do a physical training, there is product incorporated part of the whole uh, training overall. But it's to maximize the time, whether it's diagnostics, whether it's inspection, whether it's installation. So that way they understand that, hey, by skipping that extra 20 seconds by putting on this set of brake pads and not replacing the hardware, hey, this might be the reason why that I'm getting comebacks. And usually being a ex-shop owner, I understand that the first time you get paid, the second time's free. And so are the techs really starving for this information? Oh, Absolutely. Um, a lot of times you have, uh, I mean, we live in an industry where I like to, like to say they, they cut the, the, the roast in half and they don't understand why, but they do it just because they've always been doing that type of an industry. So, you know, to break it through that, they've been doing something for 30 years and they see as they haven't been doing anything wrong, but it starts to open up their eyes to, hey, you know what? It wasn't necessarily wrong, but there is a better way. So you're really talking to me about an aha moment. Exactly. And tell me when you see that happening um, more and more from technicians that you're out with, uh, how does it make you feel? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, you really feel like you're giving back to the community overall. But ultimately, the way I, I tell them, you know, I look at every single vehicle that I worked on prior to or I had my customer just like I'd put my family in that vehicle. I look at it as... I'm keeping everybody else that much safer because the job's getting done correctly. Federal Mogul Motor Parks' Garage Gurus is your go-to source for the vehicle training, technology, and answers you need to keep your next job on track. On-site, online, or on-demand, the gurus are here to help keep your business and your career on the road to success. Visit fmgarageguru.com. So here, let, let, let me go against you and say, I, I, here I'm a, I'm a 50-year-old shop owner, and I'm kind of set in my ways, and I'm okay, and I know I could be making some more money, but things are okay. 
Sell your business now. So let's look at let's look at Toys R Us, right? I mean, wow, how does that company go under, right? A lot of mismanagement, a lot of bad. They weren't paying well, they attention. Didn't want to change. They weren't paying Man, attention. Look that, at the record right. company. Look at Sears. Look at you know all of the different places that have gone by the wayside because they said we're not going to have vision. I, I appreciate Walmart for the fact that they are actually trying to tackle the online future that Amazon has created. They're not going to go down. They're not going to go away easy. They know that they're number two right now, and if they don't change, they will be extinct. Now, let's go back to relationship. Okay, Our family has shifted more of our household spending to Amazon, and we have no relationship with that company at all. We don't know one employee that works there. So where consumers are going is IWW, IWW, IWI. I want what I want when I want it. Now, I do agree, relationship's important, and I got to be careful not to paint myself in that corner. But I also believe that just watch what happens. Watch what unfolds, and watch how consumer spending changes, okay? We can't get away from it. The number one reason, literally, if you look at it, the number one reason people don't change is something called loss aversion. So loss aversion is when you protect what you have so, so much, even when you know it's costing you money because you protect it because it's yours. And if you, if you look at the studies, loss aversion, the fear of losing something is the most powerful thing when it comes to making change. And so how do you get over the fear of losing what you have? You really have to have an abundance mindset. So many people have a protectionist mindset. So when you protect, you really are just fortifying. And you you wrap your arms around everything and nothing gets out. Well, if nothing's getting out, nothing's getting in. So the only thing we're, you know, you have a closed mind. So what I tell people is I have an abundance mindset. You know, everybody thinks they have um, some proprietary information. And I'm like, listen, I I got bad news for you, fellas. We all teach about 95% the same material. Anybody disagree in this room? I disagree. No, I'm just talking about because there are trainers up here that are in front of the room that shouldn't be in front of the room. I agree. There are trainers in this industry that haven't ran a shop in 30 years. There are guys in this industry that are there are major companies that haven't changed their perspective. That haven't changed. I agree. They haven't changed. When I say the same thing, like it's the same processes. Okay, you just broke the code because I was about ready to say this. Vision, right? Vision. Vision. Vision's a soft skill. And for a lot of people, they can't grab it. And they don't understand. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why Why is it soft? Because because people have not learned how to touch it and how to embrace it and how to do things with it. It's not a soft skill. It's it comes from your core values. Your core values are not a soft skill. Your core values are hard. Like you just have to sit down and say what 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 am I about? I stand corrected, but what I guess my point was very thank you for, for no, putting I, me I online. Are you feeling what? Why I mean, do you? Wait a minute. I've got vision a, is something that can a, be exercised or not. It, vision is not a hard skill. It's something that you either turn on or you turn off. All right, off. there it is. That's the I word. Say, that, okay, that, okay. It's abstract, the, and you can't abstract soft because a hard skill would be. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I guess I, you're, that is right. Maybe I misspoke. No, but I no, but I, 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 but I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's abstract, and 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 as a fifty year old shop owner, the point I was trying to make, I can't get, I can't grab this. I'm supposed to be this vision and adapt all this stuff and I just think it, I can't get out of my own way. Let's, 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 what's the difference between a visionary and an implementer? Like, not, not everybody's a visionary. I'd say only 50% of companies have a visionary. I think it's probably, I think you're right. I think visionary scares the daylights out of a lot of people. What, you want me to become Steve Jobs in the auto repair industry? I can't be Greg Buckley. You don't Come have on. to be okay. a visionary. Okay. You have to hire now, a visionary. Now, now, we're talking about Steve Jobs visionary. I'm not. I'm saying no, the guy the who's, world. I'm saying the guy who's coming to this conference and he walks by all those digital inspection booths and says, I don't need it. That's not much to see that vision to say, well, you know, every time I pick up Ratchet and Ranch or I pick up some magazine that I'm reading more and more about digital communication, I'm reading more. So I should probably be stopping at these booths or be, I'm not talking the kind of vision that Steve Jobs has. I'm talking about. Let's just look five years ahead. Yeah, and it's not right? just about DVI or digital vehicle inspection. It's a new it's, it's way not. to communicate with your clients. So when I'm not Correct. at the shop and we the phone's ringing off the hook and my assistant says, hey, I couldn't do that because I got busy. Chris, you say this. Busy is a four-letter word that we should never use as entrepreneurs. I get it, dude. Changed my life. So what I say to Alicia is, I understand the phone was ringing. Were you using your lead sheet? 
No, we got busy. Okay, so here's what happened. You took the average incoming call from 90 seconds of when you should have converted it. You're on the phone for six to eight minutes, and you made promises to call these customers back with quotes that you should have never made the promise to call them back with a quote because you could have closed it in the 90 seconds that I've taught you. So if you follow our system and our process, it would have worked. So what we're talking about is a brand new way to communicate with customers that gets the results that we're after. And when you talked about the three different pricing levels, right? So I'll go back to it, okay? Low, Android, best products. You know what's missing from that? margin. If I can create a business that will deliver a higher margin at the lowest price, I better do it. So price is one component, but what about the margin? We fail to talk about the gross margin or the net profitability of the business. If I can create a shop in my area that is the lowest price and everyone say, Jeremy, you have the cheapest shop. No, I'm the smartest shop. I can deliver the lowest price with the highest margin and the best value for my clients. I should do that. And we fail to go to those levels with it. I agree. We're talking about DVI and sales training here, and there's so much more than just that. I know, I know, you guys are kind of you know focused and zoned in, but for a for for this 50 year old shop owner that is having a problem with with vision and adapting and, and walking by all these booths here at ATE and seeing the things that they maybe should be doing, what, what's going to change our or our independent world's leadership to appreciate he needs to be a better CEO, he needs to, uh, he needs to be a better marketer, he needs to understand his numbers and his P&L. What, what's standing in the way? What's the fear of taking that next step, the big step, the, the march? It's more difficult to get somebody to move from a negative mindset to a positive mindset than it is to take a negative and make something more fearful that if they don't change, they're going to experience major fear, right? I mean, is that true? Like, it's like, I hate saying it out loud because I'm so positive that, you know, when my shoes wear out, I'm simply back on my feet. But if you take, and I tell people, I say, Hey, I'm going to tell you this in 10 years, half of independent automotive businesses are going to be out of business. So let me ask you, do you want to be one of the 50% that are out of business or in business? Because if you don't change, you are going to find yourself on the wrong side of the 50%. So how many people that are listening to, to us right now don't want to take the tough battle? That don't want to? 50%. Like, like, is that what you're talking about? 95% of people don't want to take the tough battle. Some 50% of people will, even though they don't want to. Because none of us want to get up and go to the gym and do push-ups. Well, I do. But well, well, Chris do does. Look how buff he is. <laughs> well, it feels good when you're done. It does it feel does good. when you're done, but it when does. you get out of the bed and it's 20 below, none of us want to get out and do that. Winners and losers, losers have one thing in common. They both hate doing the same thing every day. The difference is that winners do it anyway. I, I want to bring up, y'all remember the movie What About Bob? Yes. yes. Baby steps, baby steps to the Absolutely. car. Baby steps to the, everything was baby steps. It's how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, right? So it just has to be, you start one thing, one thing, so, and then another thing, so, and then another so thing. Crawl, right? Incrementalism. Incremental. Crawl, yeah. walk, run. Maybe that's, the, maybe we just broke the code. Crawl, crawl walk, walk, run. There's incrementalism and there's essentialism. And so incrementalism is what just Chris just said. He just said, you do the little bitty steps every day. You crawl, walk, crawl, walk, and run. Essentialism is only doing the things that you're supposed to do. I'm on, personally, I only teach and sell. I have other people who do those other things for me. I'm not writing reports for you. It's not worth my time. So incrementalism as a shop owner and then essentialism the problem with most shop owners is they love being a tech and when they get frustrated with marketing and they don't want to deal with that anymore and they get frustrated with the front counter they don't want to deal with that anymore they go out back and they work on a car that's not your essential job anymore let it go the first question i have is for shop owners out there and 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 i agree i mean very great way to wrap that up it's funny. You're like, we go work on a car. I'm like, well, yeah, it feels good to turn a wrench. So there's like the stress relief of that, but do that on the time that you want to. So the question I have is what would happen if your shop converted every lead that your shop got every day? All of them. them. 100% of the leads. Could you handle the work? Most shops couldn't. Most shops don't even know their lead conversion rate 
let alone if they converted 100%. So there's plenty of opportunity. Do you guys agree with me on that? I don't even think most shops know what lead conversion is, right? They would look like you, like you had I, two I, heads, right? I, I don't know what the, the understanding of a lead, right? And, and right, so, it's so a you customer. Don't, you, I don't think they talk in terms of a, sales. You right? don't need a better website. You don't need another direct mail program. You don't need you know this need. I, what do I need? What's the next thing? Okay, everything you need is within you. You just need to bring it out. Yeah. Now, the next thing is Richard Branson talks about this. He says... To really learn, he says, pretend that you landed on a brand new planet and you know nothing about their culture, nothing about their economy. You know nothing. And you have somebody who's going to help you. What type of mindset would you go in with that person? Would you say, well, back on earth, we do it this way? Or would you say, I really don't know anything. Teach me. (laughs) Teach me how I make it here. So when you go to a trade show, when you go to anywhere new, what if you took all this I know and you just set it outside the door and you walked in with, I don't know anything, teach me. And you went in with an open mind and you filled your mind with new ideas. And then you took what you liked after you learned and went and put it into place on Monday morning and then tracked the results and saw what happened. So there's a story I think we wanted to tell. Someone wanted to tell a story about when, when Barry and Jeremy first met. Oh, Barry and Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. Vision. What yeah, was that, say, two years ago? We can ago? thank Sherry Hamilton for this one, right? Two yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah. So I'm, I, all I wanted to do was sit around the table, all. Carm. All I wanted to do was sit around. It was after the show, a lot of training. Actually, I think I'd seen both of them in training classes. Two great guys, two great minds, two different classes, right? Just hanging out with a couple shop owners. Jeremy's sitting, at, I think, to the left of me, right? I think I had my guitar, strum a little guitar, just hanging out, good times. Go up to the bar to get a drink with Jeremy, and she, inter- Sherry introduces Barry to Jeremy, and, and they're cordial. They shake hands, and they're friendly. I think I went to the bathroom. Next thing I know, I come back to the table, and oof, cat fight. It was not a cat Boy. fight. It was at least a dog fight. I would say, yeah. I'm it, was it was more a like a cat fight? A bull of a lion fight. Yeah, there we go. I'm down You know what I'm talking about? Yes, absolutely. Right. Lion fight. These guys, well, you, somebody had, I guess, peed on somebody else's fire hydrant, it felt like, right? Is, would that be happened. the proper term? Well, the, I know my version of what happened. <laughs> total, like, here's my territory. Why are you coming in my territory type? It was like almost gang related. I thought we were going to break out with like knives did, did and the, dance uh, and stuff like did that. The uh, D, did the D-man win here or what? No, 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 no. So, so Chris, thank you because you talked a lot of sense into my stupid brain that night. and I Totally my fault. So Sherry Hamilton introduces us at the bar and uh, Barry and I look at each other. Hey, it's Barry Barron. I said, Jeremy, oh, I'm, oh, you're with RLO. So, yeah. I said, I just want you to know that my mission in life is to put you and Dan out of business. It's nice to meet you. And no, I said, that's how and I said, started. No, and I no, said, no, 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 this is better. Go ahead. All right, this, this is great. great. You ain't good enough. Oh, and it was on, and it was on, huh? Oh, after that, oh, oh, oh. it was on. Oh, yeah, that so, was so that's not when it started. But then, so then we go down and have some drinks, and we're we're just chatting, and then just the different philosophical styles of training came out, and it just got to the point. It got ugly. It got ugly. It did. Yeah, we, we were in okay. Chris, All right. Chris, is the, is she, he, he has a second career. Well, he's got like 18 businesses, but his, his 19th business will be mediator. mediator. Like I mediated. I, I did. I got, I got them almost to shake hands. And then the next morning for breakfast... We sat I, together. Yeah. I had Jeremy to the right of me and I had Barry to the left it was of me. And they we were, were ready to like cordial. start throwing down. Like, we it was, I, I, was were, upset. Like, I was upset. I was upset. And so today. Yeah, I'm a Kentucky, you know, country boy. And we get upset. We get upset. Yep. Carl, right. I'm, I'm a lover, not a fighter. These guys down, apparently so are fighters. Yeah, two guys yeah. who are not. Hey, guys. <laughs> this, this makes, this brings me all kinds of closure to something. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I think it was last year at Vision. And I can't remember. Barry, you were there. You were, I met yeah. your wife. And I think you said to Jeremy or, or someplace, hey, can I sit in your class? Or, or you said one I of the other. Jeremy's class. You said yep, Jeremy's yep. class. I did not know the story. Yeah. That, that you come a long way. Oh, yeah. You've come a long way. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they shake hands now. Well, they, mutual respect. Hey, they take selfies together now. I know. Right? And they're sitting That's at the, awesome. but they're sitting at the opposite sides of my table here. I, mean, oh, I would sit next to him. I'd work. I'd work. So I Just would do as long as you're in between them, Carm, we, they'd be hey, fine. The but. truth is, like, we are pretty like the similar personalities, and you get two personalities like that. We're very. I mean, I don't know. It's very direct. Very. We. Hey, we say he was. 
courage, courageous enough to say that. Like, I'm not going to back down. I'll say back too. I'm witty too. It just, it's good stuff. But it's just like when you're a kid, you know, you have this, this fight and then you become friends. Change right there. Change. Two guys yeah, that basically yeah. said they're going to crush each other they and now they're it. almost besties. Yeah, they, they, right? yeah that's that, right. Almost. 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 <laughs> I'll, I'll help you. I'll work on that with you. All right. I'll work on that. Hey, uh, what I want, I want to bring to a conclusion, and I also want to tell our listeners that we have had an audience here with us. Yes. And uh, they actually watched as you guys were running out of beers, and they kept opening them for you <laughs> and bring them here. So, but I think you did really well, even though you may have been under slight influence. Carm, I didn't drink a drop. I know. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I wanted to. My southern men- roots, you know. Yeah, I want to mention that. <laughs> Good. There's more for the rest of us. <laughs> exactly. Like I said, if you want to get freaky with digital, get with Jeremy. It's all good. Advisor fix. Yeah, wow. Imagine that. (laughs) Freaky with digital. Man, that's got to be... T-shirts coming out. Hey, put that on the business card. I dare you. Dude, that point point about the reviews and how that... I'm like, that's good, man. I appreciate you saying that. That's good. Because I was trying to like... Not not devil's advocates. I'm like, okay, in in the future, I want to help people change. So I'm going to ask these guys like... What do you think about this? Because I know, I think one of the things that I, I have the ability to do is take the other person's perspective and say, what are they feeling, thinking? What do they know? And then say, how do I, you know, Machiavelli that, right? And reverse engineer it and ask that question so they can give me better answers because I know those questions are coming in my class and I better arm myself with the correct responses and questions i'll tell you this i don't know if it's right or wrong it's just the way it is right now right yeah i just look at what works yeah if it absolutely. gets it'll, it'll change I, but, I guarantee but, but in three years from now it'll change again but it, you it, just as soon as you learn facebook guess what they change it. it's on instagram now right, right. it's gonna change the but landscape's gonna change constantly faster twitter just you, announced a huge change i mean everybody's right. every just twitter has right? to yeah. because they're a news feed and they're they, and they became this crazy like like negative platform where everybody yells at each other. Thank you to Chris Glodier from Autoflow and Golden Rule Auto Care. Rule, Golden yes. Rule Auto Care. Now, I should have known that, but it's late. I'm on East Coast time still. Barry Barrett, Director of Training at RLO, and Jeremy O'Neill from Advisor Fix and Freedom Automotive. This was a blast, that guys. Was awesome. You know, the, the yeah. best things are impromptu, and, you know, and when you bring a cooler like you brought. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hey, guys. Thanks, Emil. Thanks, Carm. Thanks, Carm. Okay, guys. Thanks for the fun, passion, education, and to hear your views on change. We need to best understand how to embrace change because that's the only constant in life. Find the talking points and extended bios on Jeremy O'Neill, Barry Barrett, and Chris Clodier at RemarkableResults.biz slash E327. Helen Keller said, A bend in the road is not the end of the road unless you fail to make the turn. I encourage you to keep turning and get through each new change chapter in your life and your business. Stretching beyond your comfort zone makes us all better leaders and change agents. Hey, need to get in touch with me? Carm at RemarkableResults.biz or head over to the contact page on the website. Hey, we'll talk soon. And thanks for your support of the Aftermarket's premier talk radio. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time... 